Grace and peace. This is Dr. Derek Henderson of the Prophet's Cave and the Prophet's Cave Institute of Prophetic Studies. I want to speak to you today from the mind of the Prophet. Now, it's going to seem as if I'm babbling. I'm getting some ideas out of my head at this particular point in time, but there's some things that I want to speak about in reference to the spiritual realm. I'm going to be speaking about the, the the theme or the heading of this thing is more spiritology it's spiritology what exactly is spiritology well spiritology is the study of spirits i'm not talking about just from the christian perspective because spirits do not have a denomination spirits do not have a a a, a specific um identification they are spirits which means they are uh, non-corporeal um they are without limit they can travel beyond time in essence they are immortal something that we as physical beings are not uh, and let me just uh, juxtaposition that statement that thought with understanding that the spirit in and of itself is immortal uh, it is immortal because the spirit that we have that breath of life that was blown in us which is the ruach of god okay that came from god that is what animates us that's what keeps us moving um the electrical impulse is going in our body and because of that that spirit when we pass this body goes back to dust from dust you are to dust you shall return and then the spirit goes back to god which is immortal what's funny is that a lot of people don't like to uh, begin to think in totality of that spirit that we are in fact spiritual beings wrapped in a mortal coil or a fleshly body which means in essence we are immortal so immortality is not what we're trying to obtain we're trying to get back to think about it think about it we're trying to get back to our origins which is god so it's not so far fetched when individuals begin to look and they begin to try to reach and say we are god because when you begin to look at that we can't do anything of the flesh but we are not of the fleshly nature okay which we are encumbered by but we at we are spiritual in fact spiritual beings that come from god now that's not where i wanted to go but i want to speak about spiritology the study of different spirits now i i i made a statement some time ago when i was speaking with somebody in reference to the bible and the bible in and of itself okay uh is a book that is a road map it's a road map from Genesis to Malachi it is a foundational road map it tells us the history of uh the origins of our beginning relationship with God that's what it does it tells us the history of our beginning relationship with God since uh we we do not know uh, we are engrafted so we need to know our history so that we know where we came from in reference to our our Jewish brothers and sisters ancestors okay so we need to know where we came from and so we begin at the beginning okay with uh with Adam and Eve 
okay the first individuals okay and that's where we get back to that spirit but where i want to go with this is that i made a statement about the totality of the bible in reference to it being and doing what it says it being and doing what it says now the bible is it is in its totality it is the answer but it does not in its completion tell you everything about the spirit realm you can get all your answers from the bible because somewhere in between the pages you have to look for it that's why you must pray before you read the word but you have to understand that the bible does not have all of the answers to the questions that people may ask in reference to this physical plane nor does it have all of the spiritual answers of all of the things that happen in the spirit that's one of the reasons why it took me a long time to completely uh, uh, fathom in my mind about the spiritual things before God began to get me deep into the process of understanding spiritual things. Let me just say this. Everything begins spiritually. Everything begins spiritually. Yes, I'm talking about the furniture that you have, the stove that you may cook on, the table that you may sit at the house that you live in it all began spiritually now what exactly do you mean by it began spiritually well you can look at your thoughts and your imaginations as a level of spirituality Oh, I'm going to throw some people off, see, because these are revelations that God gave me, but I know that there won't be a, a particular understanding to them. Understand this. When the Bible speaks about vain imaginations, okay, and making sure that our minds are held, okay, because whatsoever a man thinketh in his heart, now it was not his heart, the physical fleshly heart, it was in his mind. The mind is extremely powerful. Why would God say something like that if he was not thinking about the imagination of man? Because man's imagination can take him uh, so much further than he has gone. The inventions that we have created thus far have taken us to the brink of destruction. And if mind continues, if the mind continues to imagine things, we will continue to build them. Remember, the Tower of Babel in the beginning was built so high that it got the attention of God. Think about it. It got the attention of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. If they looked and they said, if these people continue, they will reach heaven. They stopped them by doing what? confounding their language so now let's get back to the imagination so the imagination is one level of spirituality that is one of the main reasons why i said everything that has been built is built and began in the spirit it came out of your mind when we speak we're not only speaking words. Words are the expressions of the emotions on the inside that are coming from your spirit. We speak spirit. We don't just speak words. 
we have to begin to remember these things because uh, the way that it should be looked at, we don't look at it because oftentimes it seems foolish if we begin to look at things through the deeper spiritual realm or the eyes because the world has done something to the spirit realm that the spirit realm never sought to do to the world. Made it seem like it was absurd. See, when we say reality, we're speaking not about reality. We're speaking about the physical constructed things. That's what man says. That is our reality. It is a physicality. That's what that is. But reality in the spiritual realm, remember now, everything that we think and we speak, we speak spirit and thinking and then manifesting is spirit to natural. So if what you do becomes spiritual and if the manifestation of what you've done came out of the spirit, why do you think, and I'm skipping here, why do you think it was possible for Jesus to walk on water. Oh, see, the easy thing the, the, the easy thing for many people would be to say, well, because he was God. Eh, wrong. Remember, this is what happened. You see, God is outside of time. God created time. He created time to encapsulate man and con he constructed time for man. It's a constraint. When he made man, and he put man in the garden, he did not begin the clock. Hear me. He did not begin the clock. The clock did not begin ticking until disobedience. Mind you, when man was created, he was spotless, the physicality. So now the earth was new, the dirt was new. Everything had the properties of regeneration it automatically regenerated. There was no need for there to be rain because the regeneration process started from the ground. That's why a mist covered the earth. There was no rain in the sky, why? It wasn't necessary. So here you have, here you have man in the garden and then disobedience came by not being obedient since everything that God created was connected to God, when disobedience happened, it automatically separated man from God. It was automatic. Though the chasm was small, when it comes down to God, any separation from God is a mile wide. And I'm saying that only as the analogy is it's much, much wider than that. So that separation caused the clock to begin ticking. Remember, look at the Bible, look at the Bible. God would come down in the cool of the day and speak with Adam. After he disobeyed, God already knew he disobeyed, but he spoke to him. He did not lie. 
here's the one thing that I uh, that 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 I do love about Adam. But then he what he did was he didn't lie, but then he pointed the finger or he he began to assu- uh, 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 um, um, place blame on someone else other than himself. So in his in his placing blame, when God said, well, what did you do? So with the woman that you gave me, okay, and I'm not going to go into that because the spiritual aspect was it was after that time. If you notice after that scripture and him telling God specifically, God never came back to speak to him in the garden face to face. Time started. Now, when time started, this is all in the encapsulation of time. Time began. Soil did not respond all the way the way it was supposed to, though the water still laid amidst on the earth as disobedience kept going. Remember now, later on, the flood came. The rain came because the soil was the first one to dis, who the first one to sin. From the dust you are to the dust you shall return. The first thing that was in disobedience to God was man. Man was watered by God. That's why the water laid on the top of the earth and watered it. But as sin began to seep into the earth, the rain now had to come from heaven. There's so much more I want to tell you. But understand this too. So now the chasm grew. So what God did was in his separation, he began to set up parameters. So when God came, he had to come to step into time as a fleshly human being. Somebody said the reason why Jesus came in the flesh because he was God. He was all God and all man. Mm. Now, he was all God and all man. He was. But what happened when he was born? He needed to be born in a body of flesh in order to exist in this time. In this time, the time that he created. Because after sin started, the clock started. How do we know? Because God is ageless and timeless. And Jesus grew in strength and in wisdom. Which means he was now subject to time itself. Which means he could die. Which is why when he bridged the gap between man and himself... By being risen up from the dead, he had first had to have his deity, which could not exist, okay, which did not, I'm not going to say could not, which did not exist at the time in Jesus. He had to put his spirit inside of a fleshly vessel. Mind you, it's almost as if it was an experiment because here was a perfect man who was built for this inside of a human vessel, inside of a human chassis, 
to do all of the things that he needed to do. Because remember, before the inception of the Holy Spirit inside of Jesus, he did no miracles. He did nothing. Even his temptation did not happen before the Holy Ghost filled him. Now, think about this. I want you to think about this. Now that he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and we're still speaking about time now, we're speaking about the, the immortality, how God existed inside of time, because had God stepped into time as God, God, it, it would have been confused and it would have imploded on itself because it would not have understood how that which is outside of time could now stand within time, which had a constraint. That which has no constraints now has no constraint. Time could not continue to exist in the same realm. That's why God in his totality could not exist here because time would not have been able to exist at the same time. That's why you cannot put God and time in the same capsule. It is impossible because God exists outside of it. Time could not encapsulate God. God is everything. He had to take a small portion, a very small portion, and call it time. That's why we are finite, and he is infinite. The other thing that's relevant to this particular thing about the spirit is that since the spirit of man is infinite, the finite part of man that before sin became, now I, I, I just want to go back here. I want to go back. We, we, we're staying in the beginning here. I want to go back. What would have happened if man did not sin? I you to think about it. What would have happened if man did not sin? Would man have lived forever? Would there have been a need to actually procreate? And if, how many? Because think about it, with the way the world is now and procreation, if nobody died, the world would not, never have had the amount of resources to sustain such a great amount of people. We're talking now billions of people. It would have been trillions of people. Nobody would have died. And if hear this, and if man didn't die, there would have been a need to constantly sustain food. Would animals have died because we killed them? Would they have been able to regenerate? Or would man have remained on a vegetarian, on a vegetarian diet? Which is what I believe. There would have been no, there would have been any need for man to eat meat. So the animals would have lived forever. Their procreation would have lived forever. The world would not have been able to sustain that which had been generated here in this reality. These are just thoughts. These are, these are, these are just thoughts. Because I'm speaking about it from a spiritual perspective. Everything that we believe 
is not possible. Would have always been possible. One of the main reasons why Jesus did what he did. This is going back to a third point that I was making. He came to show us that as you have God in you, you can do the things that I do because man didn't, man did not even understand or know that they had God in them. He had to show them. Now, mind you, he showed the disciples. Hear me. He showed the disciples that they too could walk on water. Mind you, before they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Peter walked on water simply because he believed in God. He wasn't yet filled with God except for the Ruach that was in him. There was enough of God in him to do things that were possible in the supernatural connecting him to the spiritual. He did it. Think about that. Simply because he had faith in what? Faith in Jesus as God. Because he knew who he was. He got a revelation of who he was. If you only believe. If you only believe. The things that we could do. Now, I want everyone to be filled with the Holy Ghost. But the Bible clearly shows you that you did not need the Holy Ghost to walk on water. Hello. Am I stretching here? No, not by any shape. Because I'm I'm utilizing the Bible to make this point. That the spiritual realm is very relevant, is very real, it it is very tangible. And the things that could be done because the people who built the Tower of Babel built the Tower of Babel. They weren't filled with the Holy Ghost, but they were doing things that were incredible. Now, probably some Bible scholars say, well, they were new and the things were, they were different. No, 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 no. They simply believed that they could reach God. They moved with one accord. What did the Bible say? did the Bible say? It says, as long as these people work together, the power of being one, and that's one of the main reasons why this other spirit, the devil, the antichrist, any demonic spirit, any demonic host thrives on people being separated, working by themselves, because collectively, the power of God resides with people. Because we are made from the substance of God. So if we get together and we think on one accord. Spiritually we can do anything. And it will manifest in the physical realm. But because we're separated the enemy is able to come in. Like a flood. 
these are the things that we need to we we need to begin to to ascertain in uh, in the church. We're clamored and we're speaking constantly about uh, about uh, about curses and and things of that nature. But the fact of the matter is this: is that we don't have to worry about those things because whatsoever a man thinketh in his heart. whatsoever a man thinketh whatsoever a man thinks that's a very powerful statement the bible speaks about the mind several scriptures and just how powerful it is it's one of the main reasons why some of the cults are as powerful as they are some of the occult rituals are as powerful as they are simply because they understand the power of their thought they're subjugated by the devil they worship the devil they believe that he has power they imagine that he has power and together on one accord they are able to obtain power but yet the enemy thrives on division why because the enemy never wants to see the amount of power that he understands that we have get together when power connects to power connects to power <laughs> there is an unlimited untapped amount of power plus residuals to go with that listen that's all i'm going to speak about today right i'll come back with the next topic of uh, spiritology whether it's today or tomorrow but I'll be I'll be speaking hopefully every day every other day in reference to this particular measure I want you to think me a heretic but these are things that God has shown me I'm just as Christian as the next individual but once again I will end with this every single thing about the spiritual realm is not in the bible though the bible has the answers the bible is a road map god has the answers you need to speak with him because in him are all things amen god bless you and i'll see you on the other side